Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome, everybody, to Knife Talk, the number one podcast for anybody interested in knives. We come to you every single Monday morning, without fail, unless, you know, there's very special circumstances, but generally every Monday morning. We're pretty good. Okay, I'm here, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, with Morocco Momassi of Momassi Fire Arts and Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. Three of us. The three musketeers, some would say. Morocco, how are you? How's it been? I'm good. I'm a little amped up right now, and I think it's the coffee and my Adderall. Um, I got. I can feel my heart like racing right now, but it's good. It's not. It's like I'm excited, but also I don't know why. It's like it's that kind of heart racing that feels like you're either excited or you're really anxious or I don't know what. But maybe I always love doing the show, so it's it should be good. But if you sometimes you get to an age where it goes from anxious, exciting, blood pumping to Heart palpitations. <laughs> I, don't, I, I had to cut the coffee down because I didn't find it to be fun, the heart racing. Yeah, well, and that's what I, I drink coffee because I love the flavor of coffee yeah. and I love the drink. Mm. But it doesn't really, like this, the stimulating effect doesn't really, even when I'm like on date, like I drink coffee every day, but I don't have the stimulating effect. But it, if I drink too much, it does make my heart race, that's a stimulating um, effect, which doesn't feel good. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, I've been dialing back on my coffee intake simply because it doesn't really do a lot for me, um, energy wise. Uh, I just, I just like it the yeah. way it tastes. Iced coffee this, this time of year. Oh yeah. yeah. Cold brew, oh, cold yes. brew coffee. Yes. Are you familiar with the cold brew systems? Yes. Oh yes. Yes. I okay. had one today. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Okay. It's not just hot brewed coffee chilled. It's yeah. literally, okay. Yeah. Some people don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> people don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but um, otherwise, yeah, I, I'm feeling a, a little amped up right now. I do have some things that I keep forgetting to talk about. Um, I'm going to be teaching this fall, and I want people to start planning for it if they're interested in attending. Uh, I'm actually doing a class here in my town. Uh, we got a, a great event space lined up um, where I've worked before. It's actually like a wedding venue. It's a beautiful location. Um, but we'll be doing Damascus theory. So this is kind of what I taught last fall in New England at Zach Jonas's uh, 
shop. Uh, I'm going to be teaching again at Zach's, but I'm also going to be teaching here in Washington State. So I'm doing kind of a West Coast side and uh, and the East Coast. So if people on either side, they have like a couple options to go for. That way people don't have to travel all the way across the country. They could just maybe take a couple hour flight and go to the West Coast or a couple hour flight and go to the East Coast. Um, but the will classes, it, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, will it be hands-on forging or will it be just lecture no, theory? So, yeah, so this is going to be like last year was just theory. Um, so this is a class definitely for people who have experience with forging Damascus and getting steel to stick because this is all, it's going to be pure theory. There's going to be some hands-on work too, um, working with clay to understand how material moves as well as designing patterns and stuff like that. But this is not really kind of a traditional traditional make and take this is all the what you're taking away from this is all the theory and understanding basically what i want you to come away with is my understanding of damascus that you can then implement into your own steel making and pattern welding um and it's a three-day class uh, both classes are three-day classes, and it's really me just completely unloading my brain onto you and onto paper and into clay and handwork uh, to kind of really get this stuff and this uh, kind of like these different theories and techniques um, solidified so that when you go back to your own shop, you now have this new understanding of ways to approach Damascus making uh, and pattern development cool. to incorporate into your own work. So the class here in Washington is going to be September 23rd to the, or sorry, 22nd to the 24th. Uh, and then the one at Zach Jonas's is going to be just a few weeks later in October from the 13th to the 15th. Um, so if anybody's interested, shoot me an email at malmasifirearts.com or send Zach an email at, I believe it's, <laughs> shit, I should have that better figured out, but it's, I'm pretty confident it's Zach at Jonas Blade dot com um, cool yeah will you be going to maker camp yes i okay. will be going to maker camp be go before going to zach's um and right now actually i don't have any sp special plans between maker camp which ends on i guess technically ends on monday but it really ends on sunday and then when i'm teaching the class on friday at zach's so i might find some trouble to get into between those two days but, yeah. Trouble's good. Yeah, Trouble's, trouble's good. okay. It's a little overrated. <laughs> I'll just come and hang out in Zach, or not Zach, and, and uh, Jeff's shop all day and just bother him. You can, or come, I'll come hand sand some blades. You're welcome to, you're welcome to, you're welcome to, to use my shop. You open invite. No problem. You've been here before. Feel free. I'll come work for you. I just, I request that I'm paid in pizza. You're not working for me. You're not working for me. I need the pizza parties. <laughs> no pizza parties. No pizza no parties. It's not like this. It's not like that here. It ain't like that. What do you think this is? What do you think this is? Like, you know, you're, you're eating in the shop or eating in the shop? Not for you. <laughs> Nobody eats in the shop. All right. So, talking about eating, how was your big day this week, the two of you? Oh, pretty low key for us. Um, yeah. Yeah, we actually, so um, where I live, the fireworks are shot off out of this golf course that's down in a valley and that's only about a mile away from us and but just a few blocks from us is a cemetery that looks over that valley and tons of people go uh and camp out in the cemetery and oh, watch wow. the fireworks Jeez. and um it's cool if you're being respectful but there were there were definitely a lot of people running around and rampaging through there just stomping all, all over stuff and i was like these fucking people <laughs> but um 
But it was cool, except for the fact that somebody accidentally set fire to the hillside going down into the valley. Um, so we had extra light, uh, uh, an extra light show with all the fire department and police people showing up. Um, but we were probably, we were probably like 50 yards away from there. Um, so we were fine. We're, we're safe. 50 meters or so. Fourth of July is a great holiday. I love Independence Day, but not on a Tuesday. (laughs) I mean, if you don't mind me saying so. Sorry, America, but I mean, (laughs) you got to figure something. We got, I mean, can't do it on a Tuesday unless, you know, you can take the whole, you know, Monday off. I ain't doing that. So Mm -hmm. I love Independence. My wife, I tell you what, I love Fourth of July because our town always has a parade and we always go. I've been taking my kid to the parade in this town forever and Mm -hmm. that's always fun. And then they have fireworks, which are fine if your dogs aren't. If you enjoy your dogs being totally mental, but um, my wife is the best. Holidays for some reason she is like food driven for holidays. So like she needed barbecue and she needed potato salad and coleslaw and hot dogs and so we had a whole spread and and that was fun. and it was nice. It was nice being home with my family. We had a terrible thunderstorm, and then uh, a tree broke my Easy Up, which is my favorite oh, goddamn tent, and yeah. that sucked. So we had to clean that all up. And then my kid had we had a graduation party, and we had like a cooler full of drinks. So I've been working on them because we don't have enough room in the refrigerator. So, oh, I've been, so you just been the working reason. on them. I've on been your working own. on them for a week. Oh, I've been working. I mean, what can I do? There's no room. I, t- yeah. I mean, I can't. B- I, all do? I can do is buy ice. I buy ice, and just like Hillary, we got to do something about this alcohol. It can't fit in the refrigerator. Let's yeah. just drink it. So That's there have been, you know, I found I found myself enjoying a brand new type of drink. You want to hear what it is, Craig? Let's hear it. Go for it. Tequila yeah, yeah. and Aperol. Ugh. No, no, no. Fucking no. good. Yeah. That Tequila and Aperol is a fucking winner it. with a little bit of seltzer water. A friend of mine made me a tequila, coconut water, and limeade drink that was dynamite. But we yeah, had that sounds really good. Tequila and Aperol. It's the drink of the future. I'm telling okay. you. Mm, not not the biggest tequila fan. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe That's you just fun. haven't had the right tequila. Uh, people say that. People. When I say whiskey as well, I'm not the biggest whiskey fan. They always say, like, maybe you haven't had the right whiskey. Yeah, this so, is, oh, you, the, listeners like, are, yeah. the listeners are going to give us the whole, well, you don't understand, yeah. and the reposado, and the añejo. <laughs> Gosh, fine. <laughs> Nobody asked you. You so know exactly. what? If anybody struggles with tequila, a strong move is to shake teque- the tequila. So you get a shaker, put some ice in, shake it up in there, and then filter out the ice, and then sip it. It cuts back some of the like the sharp alcoholic bite, and you get more of like the sweet qualities of the spirit. And it's look at you, fucking delicious. Coffee barista so and drink mixologist. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so just to finish off, got back to work. Finished off some. Uh, we're finishing off some steak knife orders. Uh, for some reason, we just got up or- inundated with steak knife orders, and and we're uh, we're gonna be back to it next week. So it's uh, nice. I'm very excited to get back to it. Nice. How are you, Craig? I'm good. I'm good. I've literally just sped back to the studio here to do this to this podcast. It's summer season here, so all the night markets are on, the food markets, oh, and everything. Right. Everything is happening. You know, it's all cool. It's all cool. We've got our. Um, I suppose our Independence Day, if you like, it's called Bastille Day yeah. in France. Um, next week on the 14th of July, 
Um, but, but where are we? We're actually, my wife and I got taking a little trip on when, I got a gig Tuesday night, then straight after we drive to the airport because we go away on Wednesday just for five days, but without kids. Oh, and, shit. Yeah, are you going back to Greece? Yeah, no, that we were originally, and that was meant to be two weeks ago, but we couldn't get babysitters for it. Mm. So we had to cancel that. But we're, yeah, we're just going to Spain, so it's, it's not too far. Um, are you going to so, go yeah. visit Tomer? Um, we're not we're nowhere near there, unfortunately. We're going right down south. So um, Nick, who I'm doing some work with, who was a record producer who did the record with me, um, we're going to his place, and he's got a big pool there and stuff. Wow. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be nice. Fancy. So yeah. who's going to be taking over the duties of your second podcast? <laughs> um, we're recording Monday night. Monday night. Bereka, Craig, yes. Craig has another podcast. We have, we, the, between the th- between the three of us, it is a little ridiculous how many podcasts we have. <laughs> yeah. Craig has a new podcast. Okay, I think Andy Warhol once said that everybody's going to get their fifteen minutes of fame. I'm going to say this is my statement that everybody will eventually have a podcast. It's going that way. So let's just back it up because I listened to it. I loved it. Did you one. listen to it all? I listened. I, I'm short no. the last. I didn't <laughs> no. last last no. <laughs> 20 minutes. I didn't listen to the last 20 minutes. I'm on. I, I'm. But it's it's the it's the only thing. I, I I've cut loose a couple podcasts, right. and you're now in the heavy rotation. It's called what's Brit the podcast? Pop. It's called right. Britpop. Britpop. It's called the Britpop Show, and um, it's very niche. It's about 90s guitar music, basically. Okay. Um, but yeah. So I mean, the idea is where. Uh, it's a long, long story. But another guy who I'm sort of in a band with, we're recording stuff and all that kind of thing. We're going to be releasing that at the end of the year. And we're like, well, we need to sort of build an appropriate audience now, you know? So the idea was, let's get this podcast up and like build that. an audience that way. That's cool. Yeah, but it's good fun. We had the, I had the idea Sunday night. We recorded Monday early evening and we released it Tuesday. Oh, wow. And it was like, ah. And, and, and I think it's decent quality. I think it was okay. It so. was for a first podcast? Yeah. You're better I've... than three quarters of the guys who's been doing it for a while. <laughs> Those flea bags <laughs> Those out there. Those flea yes. bags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, you both had incredible chemistry. We've met, well, we have met, but literally for two days. We played together in a band for two days, and, and that was it. But we sort of hit it off. We know we're into the same sort of stuff, you know? You had good banter. Yeah. You had good chemistry. Did I notice that you use the knife talk jingles for all your bits on Britpop? <laughs> I might have noticed. I might have noticed. I did for so the like, intro. I wrote you a bit of music for the intro. In your own podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's not, that's not flea bagging. That might be just a little poaching, poaching okay. a little bit of his own material that he's come up with. Cross pollinating, yes, cross dream sequence. Let's get quizzical. You got that one in <laughs> right. And then there was, and then you played. Yeah, yeah you are a flea bag. Yeah, then you played the harp. Me the harp. Let's talk about our dream, and then you play. I mean, I'm waiting for you to do. I'm waiting for you to do some knife talk bits. For Christ's sake, you pull out, whip out Ben Snurs. Where's the beat? Yeah, yeah. he's use, he's using the an harps. even heat read. Yeah, the harps and everything. I was like, holy shit, he's gonna do an even heat read in five minutes. <laughs> but the best part was, and I'm not gonna spoil it. Here's the best part. This is why Craig is the best at this. He'll surprise you, us or his new his new partner, with a quiz. The name of the podcast is Brit Pop. It is about Brit Pop. So he surprised his coworker, his, his coworker, his new partner, Adam, yeah. by saying, I'm going to give you a quiz on Brit Pop music. The name of the goddamn show is Brit Pop. <laughs> This son of a bitch didn't get one right. 
Oh, it was so he good. had the first five wrong, and I'm like, I've started the podcast with the wrong person here. It was so good because you were you you and you played the Jeopardy music that you you know, snake yeah, from yeah. the show, and then he'd be like, oh, and then you give him the and then you would give him the answer, and then he'd come up with some story about the band. The whole thing was like it got to the point where I was rooting for him to miss everyone. It's like, God damn it, Adam, you just got to tank the rest of these. You. Please, please, please. It's definitely worth listening to. You know, you're very smart by doing it on Spotify, so that means you can use their music. The music is what, yes, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Because right. that, yeah. One, that one-off you did with Nick a couple years ago was yeah. awesome. The editing yeah. was it's awesome. A, it's, a it was similar, it's a similar thing. So if by using just Spotify, you're allowed to play full songs. So oh, it's a bit wow. more so like, like a radio show. We can talk about a song, then we can play the song in full, you know? Um, so yes, it works quite well. It was it was a great first episode, and I look forward to more. Exciting. Thank you. I, I Thank just you. added it to the queue. I'm listening oh, tomorrow at the show. Poor Adam. Oh, wow. Poor Adam wow. got smashed, and it was like you. Th- <laughs> and the funny thing is, you said, "Ah, yeah, the first ones are so easy. I didn't want to give them to you. I thought you'd get them. You didn't get. We got two out of like fifteen. Yeah. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it's like I'll get the next one. Oh God. Yeah, I think he's quizzing me next week. Oh, so Jesus. yeah, he's, he, he's I, I hope he motherfucks you because that's, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. if you get it, who cares? It's hilarious. Uh, like you're killing him, and you're just like, "Jeez, what are we going to change the name of this podcast or something?" Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. funny. Well, I think maybe now is probably a good time to say this. Then Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, <laughs> the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. There you go. Evenheat-kiln.com, sorry. Okay, let's talk knives, shall we? Should we do some questions? We got questions, feedback, and we also have, uh, I know, um, you know what you should do, or unsolicited mm. advice. And okay. we have one no, well, last dumb thing people said. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let, let's start with some questions. Let's keep it to a reasonable format, maybe. Um, who wants to take the first from I'll Greg? Take it. Ooh, Co- okay. Counts? Counts? <laughs> <laughs> Greg Shut counts. Up. Shut up, Greg. Something <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, he says, "I am a new maker, and I have uh, sorry, I have only had it happen twice. But what normally happens when the spine uh, twice? But what normally happens when the spine cracks? Okay, uh, both times I don't catch it until the temper. The second one was a uh, pretty thin brute to forge." Seven inch chef's knife. I was super bummed when I caught it and couldn't grind it out. So the Cracks question is knives. why are why would your knife crack at the spine when you're heat treating? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after the temper as well. Or you only noticed after the temper, you're saying maybe. Right. Hmm. What do you guys think? Well it's just as you know, for newer listeners, why would a knife crack during heat treatment? I mean, generally speaking. Heat treating a knife is a very—it's very stressful on the material, um, and most cutlery grade steels. It is advised to temper as quickly as you possibly can, um, because um, as you as the blade continues to sit around, um, more and more of uh, the austenite that was not initially converted to martensite during the initial quench will continue to transform. Um, and again, it's just the material is under a lot of stress. So part of the reason we temper knives in general is to relieve some of that stress by still trying, uh, shooting to, uh, retain 
kind of the performance qualities of a high hardness or high enough hardness to hold and or take and hold a good edge, but still balancing that with toughness based on the um, kind of the designed use of the knife, you know, the temper on a butcher's cleaver or even the hardening process is going to be different from like a, a straight razor. Um, and so you kind of tailor it based on those things. If people have questions about that, um, you know, knife engineering by Dr. Laren, um, Thomas, I, God, I couldn't think of Thomas for a second. Uh, Dr. Laren Thomas is a great book. Uh, not, obviously references. not your favorite author. Not my favorite author. Right. Great guy. Great not guy. my favorite author. Right. Dan not Brown. the greatest podcaster either. <laughs> well, I mean, Christ. we don't know. Okay, could okay. Be. I mean, deep, could deep, deep, deep cut. Deep cut. It's okay. <laughs> um, so his book is a great reference. Uh, and it also goes a lot deeper into that as well as his his. Uh, blog knife steel nerds anyways um so we want to temper uh, i have had this happen sometimes it's it's hard to really know what has caused that uh, some things that can cause that are not tempering immediately after the hardening uh, other things that can also lead to that are uh, bringing the knife up to temperature and um and then allowing it to soak there or even or even, uh, soak for too long or go to too high of a temperature and then quenching that. That causes even more stress, especially going to too high of a temperature. Um, that means like if you're heat treating a knife from, say, 1475 or 1500 instead of like bumping it up to 1650, you can get a higher hardness. But that material is going to go through a lot more stressful transformation. Um, the other potential is if you're heat treating out of a forge. It's hard to really gauge the exact temperature that you're at and it's very easy to overheat the steel. Again, by quenching from a uh, too high of a temperature that also introduces extra stress into the material. Um, so there's a lot, it, like to really understand or try to like work out what's going on, we'd need to better understand what steels he's working with, what his heat treating setup looks like, if he's using a kiln or a forge, after he hardens, what is he doing? What is he hardening in, in, in? Like, is he just using like the piss of a virgin, or is he using Whoa, like proper oil? <laughs> um, so that they, I think they sell that at Baker Forge and Tool for. If you use, if you use, don't quench into the gator piss. <laughs> if you get full blast, you get ten percent off <laughs> oh, of all your piss. virgin yes. piss. <laughs> so, yeah, there, yep. there's a there's a few different factors, but I don't know. I, I'm sure I missed some stuff no it's okay i you know you perfect i mean the the times that i've had cracks in spines were exactly what you said i actually had a um a 1085 forged uh integral chef knife and i cracked the bolster and Mm. and a lot of it was because i i was heat treating it too hot and my friend our friend nick angers snuck into my dms and my giant uh guardian angel my disgust my (laughs) my monstrous guardian angel came in and told me i was heating it treating it too hot and then your oil could be too cold if you're if Mm. you're if it's too if your steel's too hot and your oil's too cold you know there's a working temperature with quenching oil and it's not room temperature it's you know a whole higher than unless you're in living in in hell it's 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 a it's higher than room room temperature in this winter in in uh wisconsin is going to be a lot colder than room temperature in florida you know so Mm, your working temperature of your oil is it can be critical too you that you know there's a there's a pile of different reasons for the cracking but you 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 made the good point where it's you know it's 
you have a high temperature and you're going to a low temperature very quickly and there are things in there that can you know screw things up yeah, yeah. and the quenchant itself as well right right you, see, you know you see a lot of people using water and that kind of thing as well and maybe that's not the best depending on the steel yeah. sure okay okay handled very well uh dtm shenanigans uh potential bit for you guys what is an item or tool in your shop that looks like it doesn't belong for example i've about 15 one quarter food prep containers um i use them to keep the blade the scales and the pins together when i do a run of knives hmm. good idea that's a great idea yeah yeah so um things that yeah you wouldn't necessarily think would belong in a knife shop jeff what have you got there i have my favorite tool when i use when i'm putting together the foil packets for stainless steel is i have uh there's there are these type of pliers that artists use for stretching canvases it looks like a pair of pliers but it's got a wide the jaws are very wide almost like three and a half inches wide and I use that all the time. And it's used to, you know, you grab the canvas and then you, it actually has like a little notch on the end of it. So you can pull, a, you can pull the canvas over the, the stretcher and then you can staple it tight. It happens to work perfectly for crimping foil without, you know, having to get your fingers in there. So that is the one thing of all my tools that really shouldn't be here or, or doesn't really work with, with knife making. Those stretcher pliers are probably one of my fa- like. I'd be bummed out if they ever got missing or lost. Like mm. I use them all the time. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Morocco. Anything? Yeah, that's a bit strange in the shop. I'm trying to think. I feel like I use a lot of unconventional things, but I cannot think of what they are. I will say, uh, my my. So I didn't originally have water in my shop, uh, which makes it difficult for cleaning blades and and mm. and making new uh acid etches and solutions and all that kind of stuff got water in there uh but the only sink i had available to me was a hand-me-down hairdresser's sink um so so, (laughs) with the big curve on the front exactly it has the big curve (laughs) on the front and it's got like the big uh like weird kind of spray hose thing and it works great but i have uh uh, I have not wisely taken uh, Jeff's advice, and I, I've picked up a new sink, and I haven't put it together yet. So now my shop has started to fill up um, with crap. I'm shitting yeah. up my shop mm. with crap, and so I need to just buck it up and and put it together and get it out, get the hairdressing sink out of there. But it has been great, especially since that's all I've had available to me. But I think that would be if you were walking Neil, through my shop, that would be the last you exactly. We wash each other's hair. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh my god! So but yeah, good. that would be the the thing that stood out. I think the most people were like, "What the fuck is that doing in here?" But you don't use it for. It's not like a toilet, too. No. Okay. Definitely not. Okay. Right. There's plenty of trees around. Have Have you seen those t- um, sinks that you can attach to the top of your toilet? Yes, we've I ha- got one. I've seen those. We've got one. You oh, have quite common. We've got one here in France. Yeah, they're quite common. They're pretty. Um, they're pretty. Pretty smart. Yeah, right. we've got like a, I suppose what you'd call a half bathroom um, downstairs. And um, it's perfect. It's, so yeah. when you're brushing your teeth, are you straddling the toilet? I don't brush my teeth. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I think, no, 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 no. Why not? No, 
This is literally a little convenience toilet if needed. You know, yeah, oh, you're not brushing. You don't teeth brush. In there. You don't sit down like like you're like the Fonz pulling up a chair. No, and, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, the Fonz, quite, you know, the Fonz used to take a chair. <laughs> no, you sit the other wrong way around. Yeah, right. right. Hey, Cunningham, get over here! I can see him <laughs> straddling the toilet. Hey, Cunningham, it's time to brush our teeth on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, they're really handy and they make a lot of sense. They make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. all of a sudden your 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 toilet water smells like Listerine. It's nice. Yeah. But it's, it's really weird because I've seen lots of posts recently with the pictures of those. And people saying, how weird or like, that's an amazing idea. And I'm like... It's it's like very very common over here. Very common. I think yeah. it makes great sense. I've it seen them the most sense. in um, like tiny houses have become mm. a big thing here, and yeah. that is a great way to consolidate space uh, or conserve spaces, and, and it also just conserve water, right? Yeah. Because then that just goes straight into the tank and you flush with it. So exactly, yeah, they're yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> um, what if I got that doesn't look like it belongs? Um, a drum kit. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I've got a couple of fridges which I use, um, which other people may not. Um, so what I've done, I've taken. I, I don't use them as fridges. I've got a heater in them, um, and I've got a, like a thermostat system, so I can keep like almost use them just as a chamber to keep things at a, at a certain temperature. So I put all my epoxies in one um, at like seventeen, eighteen degrees. Um, just because I, I did, I did a test a couple of years ago with different epoxies, and I spoke to different manufacturers, um, and they were saying that the 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 one thing that will make epoxy not as effective as it should be, um, it'll just degrade once you open up a packet or open up the bottle, it will degrade, um, and you can prevent that more by keeping it at a steady temperature. Because hmm. I had so many bottles, you know, half used bottles of epoxy that I'd have there for a year or so. And, you know, in the winter it can be close to freezing. In the summer, it's just super super hot. And it basically wrecks that epoxy, all that, you know, the chemical process that happens right. when you put the two parts together. Um, so, yeah, so I've got a fridge with a little readout, which I call my even cool, um, <laughs> instead of an even heat. And, um, yeah, so I, I've got epoxies in, in, in one of them. Um, I've got the beer fridge still as well, which is quite unusual to have in a shop. So um, Maybe you should hook up the beer fridge to the toilet sink, <laughs> and, then, and then you could... You know, like the keg no, coming off. Pull, no, as I'm taking a pee, I could have. No, no. <laughs> hey, Cunningham, <laughs> a, give me a frosty one. <laughs> Squat and give me a frosty one. <laughs> hey, oh hey Cunningham. <laughs> hey. Uh, okay, take the next one, Jeff, from Bingo. Bingo Kindell! Bingo Kindell. Do you guys think it's worth um, worth it to pay to get pictures of your knives taken from famous picture takers? Or is that just really only if you want to end up on the knife-making magazine? Sending your knives out to get professionally photographed, what's your, what's your thoughts? Is it worth it? What do oh, they I charge? What yourself, do these guys charge? Uh, last I was aware... At least last I paid, it was like a hundred and seventy bucks for one Ooh, knife for or per knife or for shots. Yeah. Mm. Well, good. it depends on if it's just a single shot or if it's kind of a composite photo of a few different angles and details. Um, it can vary, um, but I don't. If if that's a goal for you, then sh it definitely makes sense to do that. Um, yeah. If you just like to have nice 
quality, high quality photos of your work. I, th- I also don't think it's a bad investment to, to, especially if it's work you're proud of and it looks really good, um, to have that, to add, to be part of your website or like, you know, a lot of makers at shows have books full of images of past work, kind of a portfolio. Um, and you know, to be fair, not, or to be very few of us have, I feel like the proper lighting to get good photos or have really nice cameras on our phones or in general to take photos of, or even the ability to like get it, put it in the computer and manipulate it and to like really, I I think the opposite actually, I think, I think, yeah, you see some stunning photos and there's obviously some people out there we know that do great, great photos and they'll get you literally hundred percent of the way there. They look absolutely beautiful. But I think you can get 80, 90% of the way there. Yeah. Um, with just with the phone now. Sure. And I mean, Jeff is an expert, actually, of, of just using a phone and using great lighting by taking things outside. Me? You do great I photos. Hate yeah. My photos. You just take things outside <laughs> and, you, and you, make, you make things look great. Ugh, um, I think with very little investment um, and just a bit of thought, I, th- I think you can get 80% of the way there, really. Mm-hmm. And we all, you know. Good pictures do sell, isn't it? There's no doubt in Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I went through a period of making like little short films for each one, you know, just because I enjoyed that that sort of doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I think you know, most people have, you know, great cameras on the phone. But the problem is most people have terrible light in their shop. Um, but if you if you get outside, get some natural light, um, yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I think. I honestly, do think Jeff is a really good example of that. Oh, you are great. You photos. are wearing your glasses when you're looking at my pictures. <laughs> something they're fine. I tell you what, I've been bouncing natural light into the shop, and that gets better photographs for the website. When you get yeah. that roll-up door, that helps, right? Right. Depending yeah. on the time of the day, I get better. My camera likes a little bit of light bounced in than outside. Yeah, sure. It it gets too. You know, if you see someone's knife in the in the picture and you see the the blade is blue, that's because it's reflecting the blue sky, and I don't like that. Right. And you know, and then if it's direct light, all of a sudden you see all sorts of weird you know lines that you wouldn't Blairs normally see, and it's yeah, like too sure. much reflection. How when somebody has one of your knives and they take a kitchen photograph, do you cringe? Ugh. Yep, every time. Usually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have I had a Food Network person have, take these beautiful pictures. You know, take pictures of my knives and I was in post I was just like it's like it's like it's like the knife that would it would be like the person that you like ended up with at home and then the next morning you're just like Jesus (laughs) Christ I know it didn't look like that when I first got it Jesus yeah Yeah, you literally want people to see your work in the best light you know as the phrase goes and um, it is all about light it really is and uh, yeah but I think even if you got really bad you can't go outdoors for whatever reason you've got to do it in a shop um get just even one of those little light tents you know they're, they're like 30 40 dollars sure um and i did virtually all my pictures with with like all the old instagram stuff with with just one of those light tents um yeah i think you just give it a bit of thought you don't need to be a, a great photographer mm-hmm. but you're not going to get 100 percent of the way there so you know no. there's that's no disrespect to these great photographers out there because no. their work is obviously incredible you can, you, can, you can get close enough, I think, for Instagram at least. But there's yeah. another thing that we haven't talked about, and I don't know where we talked. Maybe I talked about it with somebody on on, on uh, Full Blast, but the, the night photographers also have like a portal into the magazines, and the magazines want a specific format. So 
they could, you know, Blade Magazine or Knife Magazine or whatever these magazines, they might call one of these guys up and says, hey, you have anything like this? And then they'll just forward it. You know, I've Mm -hmm. talked to knife makers just like, I didn't even think it was going to be this magazine. And then, you know, whoever took my photograph and then submitted it to Blade and and there you go. Because some of these guys want specific. I mean, no, even Morocco for your for your for your uh, calendars, you want a specific format, right? So, like some of the magazines, the same thing. That, and then they're going to go to these guys and they'd be like, "Hey, you got anything? Like, you know, we're doing a whole episode on like I don't know Damascus chef knives, and then they'll they'll have a litany of them, and then you'll see when they do the composite on the page, they all look the same, and it's because they want a very specific format. So, if you're looking to get into a magazine, get it on that format. Yeah, the format deduct, and the de- tax deduction. It's all tax deduction for sure. Sake. That's a fair point too, honestly. And, and it's the print quality too. Like they they need it to be three hundred DPI, and it needs to be a certain size. You know, the stuff that we see on the internet or on our phones is usually once we put it through the filters and everything, it's transformed into what was would be an internet quality photo, which is only yeah. like seventy two DPI, which would be horrible to print unless you printed it really small. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that is a good point, though, that Jeff is bringing up about the fact that th- these photographers act kind of in a way as uh, like uh, middlemen. Like PR. Yeah. Yeah. P- yeah, sort, yeah. yeah. Kind of almost yeah. like a PR agency in a way. Um, and the, and the, the connections that the different photographers have are important if it is important for you to get into different magazines. Um, so. Well, and a lot of these guys don't even know. I mean, they're just, oh, I, sure. I, I, they most likely have, I mean, I don't know how it works, but I would imagine that the photographer has a degree of ownership of the image because a lot if these guys aren't even being told if they're going to be in a magazine and right. the magazine calls up and says, Hey, you got this, this, and this, and then they're going to be, you know, promoting the photographer mm-hmm. and then they're going to be using the images. So, you know, that's, I, I'd that's, be curious what your guys' take are on that because go ahead. Without the maker's work, the photographer doesn't have an image, right? So do you think the photographer it is gets to keep that the the I guess kind of like to talk more businessy, like the rights to the use of that image? Or do you think the the makers kind of essentially outsourcing this photography work but and then they should retain the rights and ownership? Hmm. I think the copyright is, is created when the thing is made. So in the case of a picture, is when that picture is taken, the copyright would belong to the photographer okay. unless a, a deal has been you know, struck up previously. Okay. Um, it's, the, yeah, it's the creation of, of whatever it is. And if, if whatever it is, the end result is a picture, um, I, think, I think, yeah. So by default, I think it would be photographer's work yeah and and they're obviously doing work to edit the images especially the composites to put the composites together and everything and there's definitely work involved with that i was just curious what you guys thought when i got when we got married and we were hiring a photographer you i don't know i don't know who told me to do this but some (laughs) friend of mine told me to make sure that you own the negatives this is when this is before this is when we were using film Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I remember when we said, all right, they gave us the bid. We said, sounds good, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, I want to own the negatives. It was not an easy conversation. Well, what do you no, mean you want to own they, the, you, What do you mean you want to own They want to charge you for reprints. Well, they wanted to, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They want to charge you for reprints. Yeah. And, and it was actually like we just kind of held off and we're just like, I'm not, 
No, no, no. I'm not, you're not going to print all the bullshit, you know, your dick in the bathroom. We're not. We don't want any of that. We want. We want the pictures we want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, but it, but you know, they want the ownership. Yeah. There you go. But you know, it it it's an art to itself, which is why we do professionals. So and these knife know. makers, they're happy to be in a magazine anyway. Shout out yeah. to Blade Magazine. I read you every month. You could do an article about this podcast because <laughs> trust me more people are listening to this hmm. than reading an episode of your you know what i'm saying get over here sorry <laughs> okay let's tell people about these guys combat abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. Okay. Uh, Corey Phillips. Can can I actually jump in real quick? Sure, yeah. Uh, So uh, since we're kind of on this kind of kick of promotion and stuff like that through invisibility through media i'm curious what you guys take is on the blue check marks now i noticed i know jeff's got one and i've seen some makers have them some makers don't some makers i thought would have them did not opt in and i'm curious what especially like jeff or and like both your guys's um take is on the blue check mark um and what it does for somebody i mean i've talked about it i paid Mm. Well, I understand, but what, like, what was? Because I'm sure you talked with, uh, about this with your business partners. About... I don't give a fuck. He don't. He don't <laughs> give a fuck. He don't give a. He said that's not. I don't give a shit. He's, well, he guess... said. He said, "What took you so long?" Is what he said. That was like his first yeah. one. <laughs> Allison says, "You I think got I... you got verified." I'm like, "Yeah, I fucking paid for it." And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I, and then and then Tony picks and he's like, "Well, it took you long enough." And that was that was the end of the conversation. Yeah. I, guess. I think previously it was a sign that you were a big shot and that you had a big following and, uh, yeah, that you were a big shot. Um, but I think now, I think it literally is for verification, as, yeah. as the name suggests. So you get it and then people know that this is you because I assume real, you need to show some okay. sort of I- identification and that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it has helped me for sure. Um, and I've had problems with there being other fader knives with my yeah. fucking logo and stuff like that. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've, I've noticed a difference. I mean, it's not, I'm not like shooting up the ranks in terms of, I mean, I'm not like exploding with followers, but, you know, there's a degree of, you know, I like the idea that I'm, it's just me and it's, I'm not, I get messages. I get messages from, you know, people take me a little bit more seriously. Some people mm. I'm talking to. Okay. But, um, you know. It sucks because it's. I'll tell you what sucks. It sucks okay. because Instagram was paying me to do the reels, and I was just like, okay, I'm making a hundred bucks a month, and then ah, what the hell? Why don't we just get the verification, and then all of a sudden now I'm only getting seventy five dollars a month, or or uh, eighty five dollars a month. I'm like, ah, it works out, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I get the fucking check marks, go. By the way, we're not paying you anymore. I'm like, fucking really? they make the, oh, really? they make the rules up out the, these motherfuckers they make the rules up as you, <laughs> they go along it's that's hmm. the one thing about social media that we, we don't really talk about these guys make up the rules up there's no they don't have any you know they're like we're gonna pay you and then all of a sudden you're just like yeah we're not gonna pay you anymore and that's the end of it yeah. no one fucking yeah. loses their mind or anything and there was something new today as well yeah, wasn't it instagram or facebook release threads Ugh. yeah which oh, yeah, I, just heard I, about I, I had to look 
to me, it looks exactly like Instagram, but you don't have to put a picture up. It's Twitter. You can just, like Twitter. But most people are still using it, like Instagram, still putting up pictures and comments and all that. It's, yeah, it's, mm. it's a bit confusing. It really is. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen a few people doing it, and it's like, you're supposed to get in tune with other people, and you get to have this, you know, I got work to do. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be quippy with you. I, I mean... I'm sorry, but it's like your day's going bad. I'm sorry. I, what am I supposed to send you? An, a, a sad face emoji? I, you okay, I'm almost hun? fucking fifty. I can't. It's like one more thing I can't do. I don't mm, want yeah. to do. It's enough already. You just you got everything here. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, so for you, yeah. the blue check mark is more about verifying that you are you and that it's not somebody else. Yeah, uh, or well, it's kind of like brand protection, kind of in in a way. I mean, what's yeah, it really supposed to be yeah. for? I don't think I'm a big shot anyway, or in but life. But it was a flex. It was a flex. It was yeah, a, for sure. It was it. definitely if you had a, a blue flex. You were like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm big. Shot, I mean, yeah. it, it, for a second, it's like doesn't really mean anything. But I mean, I like mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, I'm not like losing sleep over it all. Yeah, yeah. Fingal is gutted because Fingal was the big shot. <laughs> now anybody can get one. <laughs> Fingal's still, he's still, you can tell if someone paid, if, the, if it's, the, it, it, that's why Florentine, Florentine, I, the European Instagram people, I think they got a different situation going on because they didn't have to, they all got it verified very fast and quickly. And actually both Tomer and Fingal owe us something because but, they would never have even done the goddamn uh, check mark, but we didn't start talking about it. They, they, both of them said, Oh, you guys are talking about it, so we figured why not? And the bingo, bango, bongo, they're all check marked up. Well, to be fair, they, they've been featured in some big periodicals and magazines. Yeah, and I think, that, I, think that, I think that's why it helps when you make that submission. Ooh, I hung out with wanna... Anthony Bourdain. Ooh. <laughs> Just kidding. He's the guy. He's the Jeff jealous because you got to pay for it. I Jesus don't give a Christ. shit. I don't, I don't mind. I've been, <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, Cunningham. I've been paying for it my whole life. Oh. <laughs> what do you uh, think? It's free? Nothing's free, baby. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, it's not free, but it's going to save you time and effort. What sandpaper are you using, Jeff? Oh, are you kidding me? Rhinoet? Are you nuts? I'm using Adasa USA's Rhinoet. I just got some more from Texas Ferry Supply. Go to TexasFerrySupply.com. Put in the promo code KNIFETALK10. You get 10% whatever they got, including Adasa USA's Rhinoet. And I will say this. No one ever said, I wish I never bought this Rhinoet because it's <laughs> oh, the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one has ever, ever said that because it's the best. Get the 220. Get the 400. Get the 800. Get the 2500. Whatever you want. Get yourself some Rhino Wet at TexasFairSupply.com. Put in the promo code KNIFETALK10. 10% off. Yeah, and that works for everything they sell, and they sell everything yeah. you possibly need, not just Rhino Get yourself yeah. a, a file, a vice, a file. Forget it. Never put it the hell you want. <laughs> you I, killed it. I, I smooth. <laughs> destroyed it. Listen, the next question is from Corey Phillips. This is a question from Craig. He says, when casting items into epoxy for a handle, how much epoxy do you want to cover the material? Do different thicknesses of epoxy create different visual effects for the finished product? Oh, I'm over that. Fuck, that was a couple of months of my life. I never want back. Um, so, yeah, so casting stuff in epoxy was hell of a production. So, um, first of all, I made some silicon molds. Um, then I put liners in the bottom 
um, then poured in the epoxy, only to find that sometimes the liners would rise up and you'd get epoxy underneath and not on top. It was a real, real pain in the ass. Um, so the people who do it, big respect to you. Um, managed to get through it in the end, but lots of things to consider. They, they, when, when you start using epoxy of a certain thickness, it gets super, super hot. Mm. And um, so, yeah, that can affect things. Um, and what I was finding is the ideal would be to pour epoxy and have this perfect pour where it's just you know mirror glass at the top and all great um i mean you can get rid of the bubbles easy enough what i was generally doing is putting my molds on top of the drill press table and just leaving the drill press on and that little bit of vibration would would shake out any of the bubbles until it's set um but what i was finding that i was getting a little scientific here and getting a, a meniscus so you, do you know what a meniscus is go ahead no. It's in your knee. Okay. I know there's a meniscus in your knee, but that's all. Okay, so let, let's say you take a, gla- a glass of water. If you look at a glass of water in your eye height, around, mm. the, around the edges of the glass, you'll see that the water will curl up slightly right. towards. And weirdly, mercury does the opposite. Mercury curls down because he wants to be away from the glass. Um, but that's the meniscus. And epoxy is terrible for that so when you were pouring it and you're popping these things out at the end you still had to sort of you know sand down sand it down because you were getting these spiky edges um so it's a lot more work than i had originally thought of just sticking a liner down sticking something on the liner pouring the epoxy really is a lot more work um but do they create different visual effects uh, on the finished product? Uh, well, no, because ideally you want a crystal clear epoxy anyway. If you've got, if if you're covering something, if you're casting an item, I assume you want it to be as clear as possible. Um, so you know whether you use you know six inches thick or you know five millimeters thick, it should be crystal clear anyway. Um, but yeah, that's my take on that. But again, I don't think I'd use them again. To be honest with you, I, I'd make them again. Only, not only because it was a ball ache. Um, also they look great but they scratch so so easily mm. they're easily e- you can easily buff them back up and all the rest of it but it, let's say this is in a, in a in a in a restaurant which which the ones i made were in a restaurant um they're getting clattered about and so on and right. within within a couple of months they look pretty shabby um yeah easy to, to as i say to touch up and make it great again but it's a lot of work um so i personally i wouldn't do it again and you know you, you see a lot of people with their pine cones you know in the resin and all that they they can look great but um yeah depending how you use it it's not going to look great for long hmm. there you go anybody anything to add <laughs> uh, epoxy's a bitch uh, yeah I, I don't i don't know how you do it without the, the, i don't know how you do it without the bubbles you know I, and i remember when you used to say you used to stick it on the on the drill press but drill press yeah i know you can use a torch as well some people use a torch right. if there's not it's not too thick and just you know put a torch over just flash it over and it'll sort of burn off any bubbles too uh, it's impressive stuff i, I okay. go ahead i was I was gonna say, I, the the scratching aspect. I don't know why that has never crossed my mind, but that, that makes absolutely perfect sense. Um, mm. Especially, I, I see people. I, I've seen Don Wynn, I've seen Andreas Kalani use these kind of like uh, these handle materials with the clear, and I love the way it looks. The window, and sometimes people build little landscapes and stuff in them. They're super cool. But the yeah. fact that, you know, if somebody has marble con- countertops tops or ca- concrete countertops or or lay it on some sort of metal, like how easy that can pick up uh, little scratches and stuff like that and yeah. how quickly that can pick up scratches. That has never even crossed my mind and is honestly has me 
completely forgetting about ever wanting to use that <laughs> in any of the stuff because that does sound like a ball like to have to deal with that um or try to you know train up the the customer to to, to handle those kind of issues yes yeah yeah but it can look really cool and I've, you know some people do some amazing stuff absolutely especially when you know using builds that have sort of been burned and stuff as well yeah. and finishing off but uh yeah it is ball like okay legacy blades nc uh question for jeff can you talk me through um, your heat treat process for AEBL? Um, I've got an even heat on order and looking to start working with a steel. A New Jersey steel baron heat treat data says you can cryo right after hardening or after the first round of temper. Any best practices you've experienced? Uh, you've experienced. With the stress that happens when hardening, I'd be afraid to plunge it right into liquid nitrogen after quenching. Any insight, always appreciated. And that's Jared at Legacy Blades NC. And he contacted us on Instagram where we are, Knife Talk Podcast. So if you have any questions, DM us. When I first started using AEBL, I was having not the awesome, I was heat treating, I was hardening them full thickness. And what was happening was the austenite was not kicking over to martensite, even if I was going to the prescribed critical temperature of the AEBL. And it got to the point where it scared scared me. I ended up, I had gotten a doer from Rick Dunkerley years ago, and I decided, well, why don't we just give it a try, because cryo is supposed to do the trick. Cryo is very, liquid nitrogen is very expensive, and I'll tell you a funny story that happened this, this past uh, two weeks ago, which I'm psyched about. Um, but what I do is I heat treat... The AEBL. Actually, I used Laren Thomas's, our favorite, uh, our not that knucklehead, Doctor Laren Thomas. <laughs> that, our guy. He's our guy. Laren Thomas. Get knife knife engineering. P.S. is probably the greatest resource around because all the when you're dealing with the problem is is there's not one specific recipe. There's a there's every piece of steel has a range. A range of hardnesses, a range of toughnesses, and the heat treatment, and there's a ratio of heat tr of the critical temperature versus the temper versus the time versus the the cryo versus no cryo. So there's not really like a one answer, but definitely get and look in the back, and you will be able to see the different ranges and what you want to accomplish. I'll tell you what I do is I use his I use his his recipe where I think I went to 19, 1925, and I think I soaked it at 1925. No stages. And there's no 440C like stages, like you start out, you do 10 minutes at 1175, mm. another 10 minutes at 1475. AEBL, you don't have to do that. You can go straight in. And it actually makes life a lot easier when you're getting the second. I can heat treat six to seven times more knives because I don't have to wait for these different stages like time is like rip, getting whipped away i'm going you know keeping the oven at 1925 and then i can just keep rolling i after talking to fingal i think even on this podcast he says cryo only works right as soon as it gets to room temperature like waiting doesn't do anything waiting around doesn't really get you the benefits of the cryo like you assume so what i do is i'll get them plate quenched and then i'll I'll feel them, and then they're almost a hair over room temperature. Like, if I can hold it in my hand and it's not hot, I will rope them all up in a, with a, and then drop them in the, in the doer in liquid nitrogen, and I'll keep them in the liquid nitrogen for 15 minutes. And then I'll pull them out, and then I'll do the temper. I haven't done in-between. I know some people do cryo-in-between. 
this has been working for me and I've been getting very good results. It's made me want to change back to AEBL. Now I feel very comfortable with AEBL. Um, it doesn't, it, it's not, it doesn't quench as, it doesn't, it's warpier than 440C. That is one thing I've noticed, but hmm. you can work it out. Um, but at the same time, the price is much better. The grinding is much easier. The, the edge retention is very, very good. I'm very, very happy with it. All the, the hand sanding is half the time. Every, you know, it all works out within the confines of this is a better stainless steel for me. I got a question Shoot. regarding, so you put it in the duo mm. um, before temper. Um, so you take them out and they're obviously cold. Yeah. Um, do you put them into uh, a temper oven that's already at temperature or do you put it in a cold oven? I let up? them come to room temperature, but not yeah. oh, exactly okay. room temperature. Okay. Like I'll let them, okay. you know, they, they come out and they... Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home, and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com get frosty because they're 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 freezing yeah. for another 15 minutes yeah, yeah and um i let them get to room temperature or ish and then i'll temper them twice but i don't go in between i had mm -hmm. a very funny experience with the um i got the i got a doer i i went into aebl and i decided to see, let's see how much i can get out of a tank of a 20 liter tank of you know, uh, whatever, liquid nitrogen. I got it in January and I held on to it for three and a half months, which was way more than I, they expected or I expected. Mm. I ended up heat treating it, you know, 159s or something out of one doer, which is great. Wow. Even to the point where I had a little bit left and I put the knives in and then I just laid it on its side. So it was like, I was like, I was, I was crying in the, <laughs> like the dregs, which was like, I was so pumped right. about that. <laughs> and I went to the guy and I was just like, you know, you have to, I call ahead because maybe the guy who fills the doers isn't there, you know, so, so I don't want to show up and he's not there. Mm -hmm. So they said, what is this for food? This was this last, and I said, no, it's not for fucking food. He's like, what's the name of your restaurant? I'm like, I don't have a restaurant. I'm just isn't for food. They don't want it. They don't want it. Cause everyone, all these, you know, chefs who are trying to do the, you know, the yeah. microbiology ice cream or whatever the fuck they call it. <laughs> and they don't want to do it because it's like, a, you know, it's really, I guess, if you, it's hard to get liquid nitrogen that's food safe. And they're just like, we don't want to be responsible for like killing any of your customers. Um, so the guy says, yeah, you know, it's too bad. I got to charge you 
uh, for 20 liters when you're only going to end up with 10. And I said, why do you say that? He says, by the time you get it to back to your shop, it's all going to be um, gone. And I'm like, no, it's not. I have a very well-insulated doer. It'll be fine. He goes, oh, you're definitely... You got, you got from your local farmer, priest. I got it. I told him. <laughs> I said, listen, I've been jerking off into that thing for a long time, and it's working great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. <laughs> hey, Cunningham, easy. <laughs> hey, easy. Uh, but... Um, so so he said I said, Well don't you think that's crazy that you're gonna charge me twenty for twenty liters and I'm only gonna end up with ten? Don't you think that's unreasonable? And he goes, I'll just charge you for ten. So he only char- he gave me twenty liters. I said, I got a better idea. Why don't you give me thirty liters? And he goes, Yeah, but you only got a twenty liter doer. I'm like, All right, you know, Einstein, you figured it out. So I said to him, I'm like so he said to me, he's like, I'll only charge you for ten liters, and I'll give you twenty liters. And I was like, he says, but don't tell anybody. And I was like, I won't tell a soul. I won't tell a soul. Okay, White Plains. You're in White Plains, guys. He's giving it away. He's giving it away. Giving away the LP. So um, I got um, LP. LN. I got some LN for, I got 20 liters for the price of 10, and I didn't lose anything. So I got the hookup. Hmm. Well, what what would you what would you pay for twenty? Uh, I was gonna. Pay, I was paying. I was paying ten dollar. Uh, t- uh, I was paying a hundred dollars for ten liters. So twenty wow. liters is two hundred bucks. Hmm. Okay. So now I only paid. So he was cool, and, and I told him a few jokes. He told me a few jokes, and then I, and then the funniest part was this woman came in because she wanted dry ice, and they were giving her dry ice, and she obviously they're all they're all crooked in there. So she brought him donuts, and they gave her dry ice. So she brings in donuts, gives her a couple bags of dry ice for whatever, and I'm like, oh, that's the trick, huh? I said, and I turned to one of the guys and I said, I said, I'll bring you donuts next time. And then the guy who gave me the $10 off goes, don't give him any donuts. Look at him. Does he look like he needs any donuts? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, geez, Louise. Well, it depends on who's, you know, ringing me up. I don't, you know, I don't give a shit. Does he look like he needs any donuts? Look at him. So there you go. That's funny. Nice. Okay. Okay, we're talking stainless. You might as well talk about Dharma Steel. If we're talking stainless, um, premium stainless Damascus. Premium stuff. DharmaSteel.se. Um, amazing patterns. They're great, great people. Um, check out the Instagram, Dharma Steel Lab. <laughs> Dharma Steel AB on Instagram. Um, and you see the kind of stuff people are making with it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Sign up at DharmaSteel.se. Um, if you make a purchase, use Knife Talk. It's a promo code. You get 10% off. Um, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And we will be talking more about Dharma Steel with our build along in the coming weeks again. Yeah, boy. Okay. We have unsolicited advice, new the bits back. We also have listener feedback, whatever you guys want. Let's do some feedback then, listener All feedback. Right, guys, listen, if you want to give us some listener feedback or whatever, go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and then you can send it in the DMs. This first one comes from JH Knife Shop, and he says, To Jeff and Mareko, happy 4th of July. To Craig's homeland, second place, ain't that bad. So, that was it. You know, I mean, I mean, this is an old joke. That whole shooting, you know, giving it to the UK is an old joke. Devil's Hollow Forge says, Mareko said airline seats are designed to break your ass. He should take a page out of Craig's playbook, splurge for first class, and stand nut to butt on an airplane. <laughs> Still cracks me up. Perfect. Do you, uh, do you, have you ever flown first class, Mareko? Never. Would you? Sure. Why not? I, see, Craig, have you flown first class? I haven't, no. no see, no. the problem is, is I cannot 
justify the cost for the amount of time you're on the plane. Mm. Yeah. It's like, I'll t- uh, we've, t- we've saved and saved and saved to take our daughter to Europe years ago. And we're getting on the plane and we're walking through first class. And she goes, oh, I think we're sitting here. I'm just like, just don't, just keep going. We're over, keep going. Don't look. And she's looking at all these people in the first class, and their legs are up. She goes, she's so excited. And then all of a sudden, we're back in the cattle car. You know? Yeah, so. I just, I find when people fly in first class, they they'll take a photo and they're like, oh, look at this luxury. I'm like, you're still in like four or five foot smelling other people's farts it's like yeah. let's not but you know you're not the fucking queen of england here you're right. just you're just taking a couple of hour flight just just yeah what are you calm down billionaire you know? in a submarine <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah yeah just sit down calm down We're all it's good. just you know if somebody wanted to fly me first class that's a different situation oh for exactly. sure but like exactly. i've done yeah. eight hours in in the in the back in a terrible seat and it's like Let's just get this over with. You know, it's not. I don't yeah. need. I don't need to spend an extra thousand dollars for a couple of hours of enjoyment. That's kind of mediocre enjoyment. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it's a glorified bus ride, really. It is a glorified bus ride. Yeah. You are absolutely right. And yeah. some buses are much more comfortable than a fucking plane. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I think after sh- oh. after show material, um, I watched last night hijacked the new Idris Elba thing on Apple TV. Mm. We'll talk about that later. I think for future flights, uh, I think I might have to invest in like a donut to sit on because it just absolutely kills my tailbone. Mm. But I know if anybody sees me sitting yeah, on a donut, they'll be like, oh, that guy's got hemorrhoids. Yeah, you got the asshole problem. <laughs> What's he been doing? You got butt yeah, problems. Yeah. 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 You really get the old tailbone problem, huh? It's really bad. Like, I can barely stand. When I get off the plane, I'm limping all the way to the fucking baggage claim. It is so bad. Do you have a prehensile tail or anything like that? I don't think so. Maybe you (laughs) might want to look into that. Wouldn't that be unbelievable if all of a sudden you're just like, you know what I do? Now that I'm reaching back, let me, what's going on (laughs) here? Oh yeah, I got a fucking little tail back there. No. Can you imagine? Why does it look like you have an erection in the back of your pants? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) My fucking tail, bitch. Um... (laughs) Chad Kimmel says, we're talking last week about bands. He thinks that the Martin Siddick, Ma- the Martin Siddick Maniacs is a killer name for a knife band. Hit songs are all Taylor Swift covers, but change the lyrics to knife-themed. They write themselves. <laughs> Bad blood, look what you made me do, blank space. I think you're on to something. So Chad Kimmel is down for the right, Craig Lockwood uh, power band. Power band. Danum Blades, Danum Danum Blades says, "Hey Jeff, listening to about the can, we were talking last week about containers for etching, mm. and he says, hey Jeff, listening about containers for etching, you can get army surplus eighty-one millimeter mortar tubes, which are made from hard plastic and are a sealed unit apart from the cover. Although I have found that the cap are not fully waterproof, they have a depth of around sixteen inches. The one I have." Mm came as a pair of tubes that are 20 uh, 20 20 euros pounds to euros whatever the fuck that symbol is off ebay <laughs> in the uk hope this is helpful dana blades i'm not 100 percent sure everyone's going to be able to buy all those 81 millimeter mortar <laughs> tube shells i think that might be a problematic for some people mm. you know quite possibly so. yeah yeah there you go. We got a few other things. Uh, Kingsford Knives says, uh, old one says, the sex education talk in this week's episode killed me. That was an old one. And then um, 
Matthew Angel said in reference to the serrated knife post that I posted a while ago, Jeff. Matt the Wangle. That's <laughs> yeah, Matt the Wangle. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Uh, in reference to the serrated knife post, Jeff, keep what you're doing. Don't let the, the maker carrots get to you. For every dipstick that asks you a question that could have been figured out, there are five guys taking notes and being quietly appreciative or being quietly uh, <laughs> thefty, you know, <laughs> keeping their mouth shut and stealing everything. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, I'm going to tell everybody about knifeprint.com. Um, if you would like to design your own knives, you know, properly, as if you're living in the future, you could go to knifeprint.com where you can do CAD in the browser. No need to download any programs. It's all done in a browser, um, and you can do really cool 2D CAD. And if you've never done CAD before, computer-aided design, it's super, super simple with knifeprint.com. They've got a whole education center there where they've got great makers showing you how to use the tools. Um, once you've designed your knife, you can save it, you can share it, you can print it out to paper so you've got a template, or you can print it out to steel. They'll actually laser cut it or water jet to cut it for you. Pick your steel, <clears throat> pick the thickness, and they'll ship it to you. Go take a look, knifeprint.com. It's super, super cool. Nice. Nice. Well, we have, we asked the listeners and they came up. We, uh, we used to do this bit saying, you know what you should do. And it came from people saying, looking at your posts and then trying to help you and give you unsolicited advice. So we're asking for more unsolicited advice for our list from our listeners. And both of you are going to come up with a tip, a you know what you should do for the listeners by the end of this, because I have one that you haven't given on this podcast before. We got to give them fresh shit. Otherwise, they're going to think we're playing around. So the first one comes from our friend Plumley Knives. Plumley Knives says, this wasn't to me, but a friend of mine had another guy tell him what he should do. Use less hashtags on your posts, but post more. And if he did that, he'd be able to retire in 10, meal, 10 years and become a millionaire. If it was really that easy. <laughs> so, uh, what's up? What do you think about the hashtag? I don't do that shit anymore. Yeah, you I kind of really stopped doing the hashtags. Do they do I, anything? I've also stopped the posting, though, kind of, too, a little bit. Because right. the, the, the hashtags, it's like, when you look at the analytics, it's just like a fraction of people get it, you know, mm -hmm. even if you just do basic stuff. But then all of a sudden you do, like, you know, New York Knife Maker, and then you get, you see the, promote it on this and this, DM it on this. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, these bots yeah. come in, and then they just, like, harass you. All right, well, I guess that worked out okay. Because the next one, the next one comes from MGEDC. Hey, guys, I have a you-know-what-you-should-do-slash-listener tip. When you've dropped tiny parts like springs or screws, etc., just lie a bright flashlight on its side on the ground. This casts a shadow behind everything on the surface you're searching for, and it makes it a really wow. huge difference. I use this trick all the time. Thanks for keeping me company while driving. I wish you all the best. That's, That's a, a pretty good, good one. That is genius. That's genius. That's a pretty good one. Oh, That's speaking one. of which, I just about tore the shop up. I was doing, we were doing 20 steak knives, and I did the scales while David was working on hand sanding. I was prepping all the scales and drilling all the holes and doing all the, you know, so we could just kind of like, in a confluence, put them all together. And I mm. lost one of the sets of scale. Not one of the sets of scales, one of the scales. I don't know where it went. I'm looking at everything's. I'm got everything organized. I'm lettering everything. I know where everything is. I'm stacking everything up together. It's not a shit house. I fucking tore the shop to shreds. I'm cursing and screaming and hollering. I put it. It turns out after like a couple of hours, I almost started making a whole new one. I couldn't find the right wood to match. I was fucking losing my mind. I usually put 
all the stuff in different places in boxes so I can kind of shift around. So like if I'm working on 20 sets of scales, I'll have like a little box mm-hmm. and then I'll mm-hmm. cut it so it's shallow so I can kind of reach in there easy. Well, it turns out one of the flaps, one of the scales went under one of the flaps. It was always mm-hmm. in the box. I oh. swear to God, I fucking <laughs> tore the shop apart and it was, it never, I just didn't realize it was under one of the flaps. Right. Hmm. Okay, well, there's another that's one, you guys. That's 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 there you go. Fine. Yeah, check your flaps. <laughs> hey, Cunningham. <laughs> hey, Cunningham, check your, check your flaps, Cunningham. Uh, check your hey, flaps. Hey. Yeah. Uh, the next one comes from CF Blades. Uh, you know what you should do? Oh, God, we're going to do this. You know what you should do? Straighten the blade by hand like this guy. Do you guys know who this guy is? No. All right. I've been holding back on this guy for probably two years or a year and a half. Wow. Just because I just, I couldn't handle it. I, the, this guy has been sent to Knife Talk more than anybody else around, and we're to be talking about it. I don't know his name. God bless him. He's got, he wears a kilt, and he play, his music choice is like, I guess it's Viking music or something like that. He got a, one of them tactic kilts on. He got a hair. He's got black hair that's got casket. He looks like he's got the Brian House hairdo if it was long and black and sweeping over. What he does is he takes his knives to straighten. He's got a bucket of water, and then he'll dip his fist in the water. And then he'll take the knife out of the forge and pop it with his wet hand to straighten oh. it. Do you know who I'm talking Have you seen this guy before? I feel like no. I've seen something like yeah, that. Yeah, you've and seen him. I thought it was the stupidest shit I've ever seen. In my All right. Life. This is the reason why. All right. So, what the guy is doing is he is taking the, the blade out of the steel, but it, he's there. I guess it's some sort of fucking chemical, it's some sort of scientific fucking thing where if your hand is soaking wet and you hit the hot steel, it doesn't burn your hand, and it's supposed, you know, he, you know, everyone's like, you know, all these people are like, oh, Iron Fist, and he's for, he, <laughs> he, oh, look how strong he is. He's, he, it's just some bullshit. I mean, it is some bullshit. It's just like he's, and is God this the bless same him. guy that forged a blade by hand with his hand? He didn't forge shit with his I know hand. he didn't. He, he, I think he's making but it that's seem what, like, as the, the video was supposed to be. He's, you know what? God bless this guy for doing whatever it takes. What's this guy's name? I'm not, Dude, we're not just... saying it. Don't worry about it. Just I will okay. forward it to you. I ain't, we're not. I don't want the. We I don't have a. We don't have a problem with this guy. We're this guy's doing whatever it takes. But what he's doing is, he's using his hand, wet hand, to straighten these knives, and he's making it seem as though he's doing all the work with his, with his hands. And it's, I mean, he's got holes. He's making carom bits or whatever. What, he stuck his finger in the hole to make the hole grip the hole? <laughs> that isn't like he didn't diddle a fucking hole through. You know what I mean? Come on. Hey, Cunningham, yeah. watch the hole. He didn't, do any, he didn't do any of it. And he's, you know, he's getting some good clickbait. But he's infuriating mm. knife makers left and right. And they're mm. all sending to me. <laughs> And you know what I'm talking about, right, well. right, Marco? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw this guy's stuff. Yeah, probably about a year and a half, two years ago. And I was yeah. like, I, I, and somebody sent it to me. And I was like, that has got to be the stupidest thing I've seen. But you're right. You know, he's doing his thing. He's getting, he's getting the, the attention. So good for him. He, he's so trying. He, it is, it is, I, 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 every time I talk about safety, someone gets mad. But 
the wrong guy with the less chromosomes is going to see something like that <laughs> and they're going to try it and it's going to be problematic. So yeah. I'm kind yeah. of like, let's just be clear. Yeah. When the video, when the camera's not on, he's using a regular hammer <laughs> or he's using For a sure. fucking wooden mallet like normal people do. Oh, the rolling or a rolling pin. A rolling pin. <laughs> normal people would. A yeah. rolling pin. Yeah. So God bless this guy and that, that we're finally addressing it and, you know, God bless him. My guess is that the water on the hand is a similar kind of principle to people walking on coals. Right. That it creates kind of like a vapor jacket in a way. And it's probably still hot, but it's not like doing it barehanded or dry fisted or whatever. Well, dry fisting. Jesus yeah. Christ. Anyways. Hey, hey, hey. I be kind. That's a show title, and, but yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't. Be kind and, and spit on it at least. Oh, so. God, yeah, hey. Jesus. I mean, it, the problem is, is it's not like he's like massaging it. He's just giving it a, like a whap, you know? And, yeah. yeah. And it's not even on, like... If, if you've just tuned in, we're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right. But I mean, I think that I've seen him kind of people say what actually is happening, and he says that... His, I might be wrong, but he says that his hand is making a texture, which I find very hard to believe. <laughs> you know, but God bless him; he's doing whatever it takes. Creating likes, probably that's so. All. Thank you for that. All right, so um, oh, here this is a this is a very good. You know what you should do? This one's come from Joshua Swalek. Joshua Swalek. Last week we were talking about ferric chloride, and people were talking about should we use PVC. Remember we were saying mm -hmm. he was asking if we should Stolen use PVC yeah. piping or not, and, and Joshua says do. Do you know what you should not do? Use aluminum to hold ferric chloride. It is a violent reaction. It oh. gets hot and bubbles and is totally not cool. Uh, I oh, just okay. heard the listener suggest aluminum instead of PVC pipe. So you heard him. Don't do it. Let's get the, save your aluminum for something else. I would imagine if uh, anyway. I mean, it, it's etches aluminum. You know, <laughs> it yeah. etches metal. So you don't want your container to be etched forever. So. Uh, Steve Gannam, Steve Gannam says, um, I, last week I was talking about how I, I use the etch pads and I wash them. Oh yeah. He sent me, Steve Gannam sent me this Y craft, uh, craft soft felt, uh, nine inches by 12 inches, 24 pack. He says, I bought this etching pad, um, uh, you know, b b by the sheets. And he says, mm -hmm. I got them, I got them five years ago and I'm nowhere near running out. Yeah. And then our friend Duclaw Knives, our old buddy Duclaw Knives reached in. He goes, hey, Jeff, stop watching your damn etch pads. And go buy some premium felt sheets from Michael's. $2 oh. gets you a dozen pads, and they work just fine. So, you know, I mean, Duclaw, I'm with you. I mean, if you don't want to wash your, your cotton, you don't want to wash your pads, I'm <laughs> with you. You know, but, uh, yeah, so, guys, you get yourself some premium felt sheets. Don't be an idiot like me and wash your fucking dumbass <laughs> pads. And she then um, we got a couple more uh, unsolicited advice. This one comes from Paul Jansen. He says, I got this unsolicited tip. There is a correct way to catch something you dropped. It's probably, it's, uh, there's no correct way to catch something you've dropped. It's probably hot or sharp. Let it fall and then pick it up. Grabbing it will only result in your pain. I'm a big stick my foot out to, to deaden the fall of things when i drop something i'm always mm. sticking my foot out and that's sure. resulted in some not the smartest things in the world i don't know <laughs> so yeah have you ever it's just a natural reaction sure. have you yeah, ever yeah. dropped something and then you try to catch it while you dropped it yeah, yeah. definitely 
I think one of the biggest things that uh, most frequent things that drop are like stop blocks on my press, and I oh, don't think about it, and I'm, it starts shit. to fall. Yeah, exactly. That he, even just being adjacent to the steel, there's so much radiant heat coming off of it. Those stop blocks get so fucking hot, and I forget how hot they get and i either am moving them or they start to fall down and i go to grab it and i'm barehanded and it burns the fuck out of me i try to change my dies on my power hammer and i don't realize how hot the goddamn dies oh, are yeah. it's just like you just it's shocking yeah shocking and then last but not least our friend Stu lind says you know what you should do you should make a katana i love a katana then when i tell them it'll be thousands of dollars they're not so amped up and they walk away. Yeah. So somebody says, she should make a, a katana. And then they don't pay. They don't mm. So do you guys have mm. any unsolicited advice or tips for the mm. listener? If you need some time. Right, you tell everybody about your grinder, and I can have a good thing. I'm going to tell you about the grinder. I use the Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder. This thing is sick. It's vertical, horizontal. It's great. And if you go to broadbeckironworks.com, you can check out all the attachments. You can check out all the, uh, you can get it with a VFD. You can get it painted. You can get it unpainted. You can build it yourself or they'll build it for you. And if you put in Knife Talk 10, you get 10% off whatever they got. So go get yourself one of them Broadback Ironworks. Get yourself the different platens. Get yourself the different wheels. Get yourself the different knife stuff. And it isn't just for knife makers. It's for anybody taking away material. Go get yourself some of that Broadback and put in the Knife Talk 10 for 10% off. Yeah. Now, if you guys want to wait, I can give you a tip if you want. You go right. for it, yeah. This is something I never thought I would do just because some of our listeners are such goddamn thieves. I mean, we give a tip, and then they'll do a video, and they'll act like Christopher Columbus, you know, planting down the fucking... You know what I'm talking about? And Christopher Columbus... You know, I just discovered. I just yeah, discovered yeah. America. The, I mean, these guys are really... I mean, it is shocking. It is... Oh, this is how I... This is how... This is how I discovered how to do that. All right. When I was at a, a, um, the last fabrication shop, we were putting uh, satin finishes in railings for like a round bar or round railings for like a whatever. We would have a stroke sander, and a stroke sander is basically a giant belt sander, and then it's a sl it's imagine a slack belt, and then but the slack is facing down. And then you have a table, and then you take a block of wood, you put some scotch bright on it with tape, and then you push the the belt into what you're doing. So we would, that's how we would do, put a satin finish on like stainless steel or whatever. So what I started to do in the shop was I got small pieces of two by four that fit in my hand. I put some regular, you know, green scotch bright around the edge and I use blue tape to kind of uh, wrap it around. And then I put the, I put the, I, I stand on the side of the grinder with the slack belt on in my dominant hand, I'll have the knife. And it's usually, I'll usually do this when I'm, um, sanding the knife it's usually between like the spine i'm trying to get the spine with the handle on and i'm trying to get like that even spine mm -hmm. if there's something especially like a hook or a harpoon clip or something like that sticking out if you take your block of wood with the um the scotch bread and the tape and you push out your belt you can get into these tight spots using the slack belt without touching other parts it's actually, it, I use it just the way we used to use it, uh, the, um, the stroke sander, and it's been like a game changer. And I was always, I was just like so afraid to tell the knife community because I'm just like, they're going to be like, look what I discovered. And it's basically, <laughs> you're making up, you're pushing the belt out and using, and then creating your own platen. You know, you're a handheld platen, mm. and it's just, 
it's fucking really really good especially if something real thin or something you you have, you have to get a you know weird spot or something yeah does that make hmm. sense so yeah it makes sense it sounds dangerous Why? to me but yeah, I mean, i'm not going that fast because it's usually like it's usually like i'm not going with 36 grit belts i'm usually like using like 220s and it's going very slow i mean as long as they don't you know drop the fucking thing it's fine hmm. what are you yeah. osha hey cunningham <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense, Mareko? I think so. so. So you're cleaning up the spine on the contact wheel at the bottom? No contact wheel. Okay. I'm going in between the slack. The slack. It's the slack belt. So there's, yeah. there's a wheel on the bottom and the wheel on the top. Yeah. And I'm pushing the middle of the belt outwards. I'm not making your own shape. So I'm shape. making my own shape. Mm, I got you. On the slack. And I'm able to kind of push, especially if you have a little something you got to get in somewhere that you don't want the blade to touch Right. The thing, you know, you're just kind of bumping it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I'm just, I've got a window here and I can look down because I'm above my shop and I can look down into the shop and it's lit up at the moment so I can see. Um, and I think I may have mentioned this before, but um, hotel shower caps, you know, those cheap plastic shower caps they give you in hotels, put them over your buffing wheels to keep any dust and crap off them oh, from your shop yeah. to keep them clean right. whip them off when you're ready to go and also then just like sandwich bags those plastic um you know they got those like push things on them so they all seal like up a little well. slider um yeah yeah and and put your uh your buffing compounds in them next to it as well so everything stays clean all the time whip them out away you go that's the only thing i can come up with at the moment the you got me case. into that uh using the uh silicone silicone um containers for mixing up epoxy for epoxy mm. yes and pop it back out yeah that's yeah. The, that's a strong yeah. move but you you the, you don't want to get the colored ones like sometimes you no. can get some cheap like yeah. cheap ass pink ones and stuff like that it starts to kind of bleach you know it starts to leach out the color but oh the yeah. uh silicone cups are awesome because you can just you know roll them out and clean them out and they work great nice. yeah you get those like glassy shards as well, don't you? Right, 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 right. Quite nice to pick out. It's quite fulfilling. Is it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Any uh, <laughs> any unsolicited advice? Any new tips you have? Yeah. So I have been experimenting with uh, hot sick, uh, hot what? Hot baking soda baths, uh, which is not honestly actually a new thing, um, but you don't really hear makers talk about it very often. Um, is this after a hard day's work? Is yeah, this no, this is in? for What's, after you etch a blade, um, especially okay. if it's a Damascus blade. But actually, you can also do it with mono steel blades. Um, and I actually have a, what was it? It was a Crewforge V blade. I etched it in ferric to darken it up. And then I um, followed that with a hot baking soda water bath. Um, the water was distilled water, not just tap water. And that way you're eliminating any kind of weird mineralities and variables in the water. And then, uh, and then the, and then with the baking soda, I'm using like basically a quarter cup of baking soda, uh, to half a gallon mixture. And I bring it up, get it hot. And then I pour it into a PVC container hot. And, and then I hang the blade in there and I only let it sit for like 10, 15 minutes but something is happening to the surface like uh something in that baking soda water solution is depositing on the surface but it makes the black portion uh so i've done this with monosteel but i've also done it with damascus but it makes the black 
portion of the blade super durable to the point that you can actually scrub on it with a scotch bright uh like sponge like not just the soft side but like the scratchy side and it's not like the non-scratch which i would actually suggest people use i've i have green scotch bright pads that in my shop which are roughly like a 220 grit scotch bright um and it the black holds really well and so it's something i've it, it's still kind of in experimental stages i don't have exact ratios figured out and times and stuff i'm still messing with it but it's definitely been something that has helped to m create a more durable damascus etch finish on high carbon steel knives because typically it the, the knives look great until you start using them and then the black will start to get stripped out um or even the coffee will start to get stripped out and so i'm trying to find ways to make that finish a lot more durable without doing anything crazy like uh, doing like a, a clear cerakote or dlc coating on it or anything that's really difficult to maintain where if it's just a hot baking soda bath like it's easy if you need to you can strip it back off which i've done and and then reapply it just by letting the blade soak in hot baking soda water. Uh, of course, once it's attached to a handle, that makes things a little bit more challenging, but it's it's definitely doable. Um, but anyways, that's that's something that I've been playing with. Um, and, and when I pull it out, uh, it's actually durable enough that you can buff on it, gent like gently buff on it, but hey, with yo. like, hey, with uh, like pink compound, which is like typically like a scratchless, scratchless compound i'm using i'm not using a, uh, a concentrically sewn wheel i'm using a loose sewn f flannel wheel ty would be happy with that ty tonelli do claw knives anyways i'm using the flannel wheel loose sewn with pink rouge and i'm getting in there and it, it the 15 and 20 does pick up some coloration but it's it can actually be cleaned back off um, either sometimes with a sunshine cloth or if you have to go to the buffer, gently go into the buffer. Uh, but the black holds really well and, um, and is a lot more durable of a finish. So there's cool. much better than that. Tip. Yeah. One final tip. If you're a Canadian, um, and you're looking for knife making equipment, there's only one place to go. Maritime knife supply.com. Also maritime knife supply on Instagram. Um, good lawrence is a good good dude um everything that we talk about on the show he seems to stock so it's the one-stop shop for knife mm -hmm. makers steel belts handle materials tools forges kilns they do everything um and you they've also also got a deal on belts so if you buy 10 you get 10 percent off all that kind of stuff so go take a look maritimeknifesupply.com he's always got interesting stuff there take and they're sponsoring the great lakes custom knife show august 19th in ontario Follow the Great Lakes Custom Knife Show or visit GreatLakesCustomKnifeShow.com for more information. There we go. There we go. Shall we call it a day? Whatever you want, my boy. Let's do it. Okay. Stick around. We may carry on. Um, bye for now. Thank you all very much for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. And we shall speak to you again next Monday. Do you know... Uh, just real quick, you brought some. You were when, when Mareko was talking, Mareko, uh, Craig. You you said in, you said after a after a hard day or something like that. You once mm -hmm. when we used to do the knife talk um, Instagram posts, you used to do a clip, and I was listening to some of the clips. Like if you look, if you go on Knife Talk podcast on Instagram and mm -hmm. look back, the original, he would always Craig would always take a clip, and it was always a funny clip. Right. 
and mm. there was one one I couldn't figure out which one it was, but you it was a guy who had said, when you are home, you come home and you just want a goddamn bath, or you just something about like after a hard day's work and you just want to, your ass hurts or something like that, and you said it in such a thick Welsh accent. I'm wondering if your Welsh accent is as thick as it used to be. Probably not. What did I say? I, I said just those words in a in a Welsh accent. Really? Hold on, let me see. Hold um, on, I'm gonna just keep talking. Let me see if I find. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, right. My wife has got a really strong Welsh accent because she's from uh, sort of outside the city. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you got it. <laughs> Hold on, you guys talk for a second, and I, I'm gonna find something. <laughs> Jeez, are they, are there different? <laughs> I, I guess I never realized. I mean, I, I know that they're you hear about various accents, but mostly I feel like they're around like London. But how different is the? Oh, go oh, no, Gee, the UK. Um, I, I think we may have even mentioned this last week that accents change within sort of twenty miles. Wow. Um, and really? some some accents that may be only sort of 200 miles away are barely recognisable to some people. Some are really, really broad. Mm. Um, so obviously you, you've got the Scottish, which is still part of the UK, but um, some of that sort of Glaswegian stuff can sound really, really strong. Um, there's Newcastle in England. There's obviously Liverpool, Manchester. Liverpool and Manchester, they can be 20 minutes away. But, you know, even I, who don't live there, have never lived there, I could tell the difference if somebody's from Liverpool or from really? Manchester. Uh, oh, oh yes, without a doubt, yeah, and and even back in Wales, you know, I, I'm from Cardiff, Newport, which was literally 15 minutes down the road. Speak differently. Interesting. It's crazy how these little pockets of accents have, have managed to survive. Really, when you know we're all watching the same sort of crap on TV, listening to the same stuff, um, how accents survived? It, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, I guess people are doing a good job yeah, talking but, to each other. Yeah, hopefully that's what that. it is. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think mine has probably changed a bit since doing podcasts as well. Okay. Um, my wife will sometimes say to me, "Saying you're doing your podcast voice." Like, oh, <laughs> oh, interesting. Do you feel like you have a podcast voice? I didn't think I okay. did. Didn't think I did. But um, apparently, all I right, did. I found so, it. You ready? Uh, yeah, this okay. is a deep cut. But he's all tired and sore. He needs some goddamn relief. <laughs> he needs some goddamn relief. He needs a hose off. He's a hose off. Get a bar of Irish Spring, and then she's gonna rub up on you. That's what she needs. <laughs> Is that I right like, up against the microphone? Yeah. Uh, no. It's oh, a, okay. it's a, I definitely have a podcast voice, and I know exactly where it came from. One is yeah. I have a couple friends from college. One, a couple friends from college. That this is like a mix between my friend Miles, my friend Jamie, my friend Kev, and I'm definitely doing a lot of Don Imus. Um, stuff I, I definitely there are some words and expressions and things that i t completely have taken from um either friends of mine that i that we used to talk like that and then the radio mm. guys so i i yeah yeah you're flea definitely. bagging other shows no i've been doing it forever <laughs> i mean it's like it, it just came from it came from um forever like okay. i've been doing it for i mean i've been doing this guy in podcast voice since i was a kid i've been recording into fucking microphones when i was a child I loved. I, yeah. I I would mm. I would get. Uh, my dad gave me a recorder when I was a kid, and then I would listen to the radio, and then I would tape the songs on the radio and and try to talk them up. 
talk the songs up mm. and yeah, do the fucking you. traffic and weather. I've, I was obsessed. I, rem- I think growing up, my mum always had like a telephone voice. Oh, funny. You know, and they go, oh, hello, how can I help you? And it was just like, you don't speak like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think you're just trying to portray yourself. In the but I'm not, I talk like this all the time. Maybe. Like, this is not, it's not like I put it on. Like, I'm, this is, okay. this is who it is all the, this is who it is all the time. So you always, you also have oh, yeah. a podcast voice off the air. Oh, this is it. No, this okay. is it. I mean, this is how it is. <laughs> this is how it is. I mean, sometimes I'm more quiet and stuff like that, but, mm, but sure. no, 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 this is, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of yeah. my friend Miles, a little bit of my friend Jamie, for just spending t- years and years with them back in you know the nineties. Interesting. Well, you know, talking about accents, that brings me on to what I mentioned earlier. Um, I watched the the new show on Apple Plus, um, which is um, Hijack, which is an Idris Elba new thing. It's like a, I thought it was going to be a film because it's obviously about a plane being hijacked. Um, and I'm thinking, well, as soon as that plane's out of the air, it's over, you know? <laughs> How far could they stretch this? Um, but they put the first three episodes on, and they're going to drag it out now, one oh. which is a pain. But I watched the first three, and it's incredible. But just thinking about accents, there's a few British accents in there which are very, very different. And I was, only last night, as we were watching it, I said to my wife that it's unusual to hear. You normally have a generic British accent, you know, in sort of big Hollywood dramas, that sure. kind of thing. Um, but there's a girl there from Newcastle who's playing like a big role and she's got a really strong Geordie accent, which you don't really hear on TV. What's and a Geordie accent? There's a Welsh. Uh, uh, Geordie is people from Newcastle and that area. How does it sound? Um, Can you do it? Uh, the way I man. It's, it, yeah, it's very... Wiggly? Uh, sounds like it's um, like you're kind of in a windstorm or something. It sounds a little bit aggressive, but also it can be quite gentle as well. It's quite a strange one. Um, and in studies, like they do studies with call centers to see who's got, you know, when it comes to accents, you know, some are far more friendly than others. And in all the studies, the Geordie accent always comes out as the friendliest. Mm. But I think it can be quite jarring. But anyway, but anyway, there's a there's a Geordie accent in there with one 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 lady, and there's a, a Welsh accent from somebody from Cardiff, where I'm mm. from. And she's the air traffic control woman. And um, it's unusual to hear it on big Hollywood productions like this. But um, it's well worth a watch, actually. It's really good. It's really... It's that kind of thing. When an episode finishes, you're just like, <gasps> you need to watch the next, you know? So they put the first three up now, and I think it's every Friday they'll put what it is there, What is it on? It's a real pain. Apple oh, Plus. Okay. Apple. Are we done with Are we called. done with Idris Elba? Are we done with him? Or is it, it's enough already? Uh, yeah, I, I was. But this, this is incredible. Back. Did this he is, get cancelled? No, no but it's that. just like it's enough already. No, no, he's on everything. Just, he's yeah. on everything. Okay, yeah. uh, Craig, uh, are there accents yes. around the UK that you don't that you struggle to understand? Oh yeah, well, completely. Which ones? Yes, yeah. Um, some of the as I said, some of the Scottish ones, mm. the thick Scottish, can be really, really difficult to understand. Um, like Cornish, that kind of thing as well, can be quite difficult. Um, you know, all, all sort of London side and big cities, they generally they've morphed into a bit more similar. But when you go to some more remote areas, they can, yeah, they can be, they can be really, really. really God, part of me is like curious to in, hear all these different accents, but do it like trivia yeah. style, like you have to guess from these three different areas which one it where is. they're from. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Well, they, I mean, I'm from Wales, so some people speak Welsh as well in in Wales, not just English. Um, but you know, Wales is a tiny country. Tiny. You can you can drive you know to the top within maybe four hours. Um, and North Walians and South Walians, we can barely understand oh, each wow. other. Like I mean, I mean, like barely understand whether they're speaking Welsh or, or actually in English as well. A totally different accent. Um, 
Yeah, it is. It is. A bit and crazy. Welsh is a kind of Gaelic accent, right? Or Gaelic? Uh, it is. Language. Yeah. 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 Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So very similar to Irish mm. and you know old Cornish as well. Um, and, and weirdly, French as well. There's a lot of it's, it's, it's one of the old sort of Romantic languages as they call them. Um, so there's there's a lot more uh, similarities in Welsh and French than English and French. Right. Yeah. But I don't speak Welsh. My wife sure. does. I don't. Speaking of TV shows, have you guys watched the second season of The Bear yet? I haven't even seen the first no, one. I do not. I haven't finished the first, and I loved it, and I don't know why I didn't go back to it. it was, I just lost momentum. I brought this up because in the first episode of the second season of The Bear, which is fine, when I said, is it enough with him already? It's a kind of enough with these guys, too. I mean, they're just doing the same <laughs> yeah. goddamn thing again. But in the first episode... They have to cut this locker off. This locker, they're opening up this, you know, the brother dies locker, and it's very solemn. So the, the lead guy says, give me the grinder. They give him a battery-powered right-angle grinder mm -hmm. in this, I mean, this place. They, all they have in the shop, all they have in the, to do the construction is a, is a sledgehammer. And all of a sudden, now they have a, a fully charged <laughs> Makita fucking <laughs> grinder with a, happen to have on a, a grinding bit, like a cutting wheel. No glasses. Yeah. No, I'm um, just hear me out. No, the guy's not wearing glasses, and they all move in close around him <laughs> while they're cutting this locker off. And then they, and then they do this close up on the cutting off the locker. The locker, the lock itself is banging around because nobody's holding the lock. Mm -hmm. So he's hitting the grinder as you'd imagine. The fucking lock is. And, all of this, and everyone is like, it's as if the, everyone's getting super duper close. I was like, they're, everything about this is like horrible. Yeah. You should see it. They're all like, get around close, everybody. And they're, he's, nobody's wearing glasses. Yeah. They're all looking down, staring at the sparks. And then the lockers. And fucking horrible. Yeah. Do you know, I remember the first episode of that first season um, you talked about. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll give it a while. I think I was on a plane watching it, actually. It was yeah, stressful, stressful watching super fast cuts mm. and they're just shouting at each other it was just like whoa you just feel as if like everybody can't you know what's down. crazy is if you talk down. to people in the restaurant industry they'll all say they have ptsd because it's so close to the bone but one really? of the weird controversies that's just like hilarious is do you guys know who rick bayless is yes rick bayless is a famous it. chef it. from chicago who started out years ago really making uh, high end, I guess. From, I don't know if it's high end, but he's making like bringing about Mexican food, right? Uh, kind of uh, very locally, regional, different parts of you know, really trying to pay homage to Mexican food, you know, from different areas and stuff like that. Well, he was under. So he recently said, "I don't. I, this show. I don't know why anyone parent would let them become a cook." And this is basically saying this is a bad. The show is is not good for the cooking industry yeah you wouldn't watch it and go i want to be doing that the funny no. thing is rick bayless has is like this fucking mustachioed white guy making mm. mexican food in in who's been it's very controversial whether or not he should be making mexican food at all at all and it's like he's you know all his guys dishwashers and stuff and everybody else is you know he's like all of a sudden he's standing there you know like you know making the 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 chef kiss off the backs of like this cultural cuisine and stuff like that. So it's just like everyone's beating the brakes off of him saying, who are you telling, who are you to say anything? Well, what's right and what's wrong. Mm. So I'm enjoying the Schadenfreude of it all. The Schadenfreude, you know that, mm. you know, Schadenfreude is 
It's I've German heard it pronounced for Schadenfreude. Well, you can call it whatever you want. I like. I like that. The, it means I'm not happy till you're not happy. No, it's enjoy. It's, <laughs> it's enjoying. It's relishing in the anguish of others. Mm, so there's some. There you go. Yeah. Which is the basis of most reality TV these days, right? I, I, he just made a comment. He's, he's yeah. got to stick his nose in. He could have kept his mouth shut. And then all of a sudden, everyone's beating the brakes off of him, saying, who the hell are you to tell anybody what they can mm. can or can't do? Mm, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, but it's worth a watch, I reckon. I don't know why I didn't finish is watching it. it is, I it think. is he is he the hijacker? Oh, you don't want to say anything? Oh, or the, the, oh sorry, the hijacker. I was on about the best. Oh. Um, he's not the hijacker, no. He's the, he's the oh, hero. He's the hero. Uh, we think oh. we think it's it's changing a lot yeah it's honestly it's really good you'd think you know hijack a plane i say when the plane goes down that's it it's over three episodes in and we've barely scratched the surface but it's edgy edgy seed stuff the whole time proper you know big hollywood tv sucks down doesn't it is there anything really TV. good hmm. like regular I, I, tv I, well I, in general I and mean, whatever you're hmm. watching streaming the, the no, there's nothing any good on TV. I think we've be- we've become numb to it because I think the production has got so good. You know, it, it, there used to be like big Hollywood films, which would be sort of 90 minutes to two hours. And now they're doing seasons of shows where the production level is just, just as good. But there's like 35 episodes in the first season, you know, and there's 10 seasons. <laughs> I think we've just become numb to what is good, to be honest with you. I, I do like, though, that some of these... What typically would have been a, a two-hour movie have been spread out across eight to ten episodes, because I do feel yeah, like yeah. a lot of movies are really rushed. And it's like why? Like it's just because <sighs> yeah. that's when I watch a when I watch a movie now, I feel that yeah, but it's these like, geez, fucking I, Star Wars that, TV yeah. shows, all they do is walk around. I mean, it was like I watched that fucking Mandalorian. And it's just like all they do is fucking walk. There's a lot of walking. They're walking. Okay, I get it. All of a sudden, it's got to be another fucking hour of walking. Yeah, I mean, telling you, like you, all these Marvel fucking things. All of it's just all they're doing is walking in like some sort of weird way with a bow legged and they're, you know, very, you know, studly. It's just like who cares? This isn't acting. Walking is acting. Come on, man. The Mandalorian. Oh, they're fucking walking in helmets. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. You know I'm right. And all you fucking nerds out there are watching. They, you agree too. There's a lot of walking. Trust me. Uh, I've never watched it. To be honest, right. it's not my mm. thing. But yeah, Morocco's hmm. a lot so of walking. So are you watching? Right? Come on, Morocco. admit it. What are you watching? I we actually just watched the original first Star Wars movie that came out in 1977, A New Hope, oh, wow. with wow. the kiddo for the very first time, and he loved it. He absolutely loved it. Oh, yeah. It was super fun to kind of see his excitement about it, and now he's just he's he's not completely obsessed with it, but he's he's getting on he's getting on the Star Wars train for sure. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you know forty years ago today? Do you know what film was released forty years ago today? No. <sighs> Jaws. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Forty years. I think ago, that no? would probably still stand up. Jeez. Yeah, I was too afraid to go to that. Today. My, 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 my mother definitely took me to Star Wars when I was four. Or three yeah. or four, definitely. I remember being in line for that. Three or four. Well, Interesting. I, the be- I tell you what, the best movie, the best movie, the best... The strongest memory I have of going to the, a movie is when um, Tim Burton came out with Batman with uh, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. I, got to, I wanted to see this goddamn movie so bad. I got the first... 
showing, which was like 11 o'clock in the afternoon on the first day. And it happened to be the same day my dad got met, was getting married and I was the best man. I'm like, I'm fucking seeing this movie. I, <laughs> I love Batman. And, and um, I went to see it. I fucking was late to my dad's wedding and I stupidly put, not oh, that late. Wow. I mean, his idea of being late, you're five, if you're, if you're five minutes late of being early, you're late, you know. So I showed up and I got a yeah. Batman pin on my lapel of my jacket and stuff like that. So what do you where were you? And I said, I don't worry about it. He goes, No, where were you? And he, I said, I was at the movies. And he's like, What do you mean at the movies? I was like, I went to see Batman. <laughs> Boy, it didn't wasn't a good start to the wedding, that's for sure. He was not thrilled <laughs> with me. But like I'm kind of I kind of want to see the flash just because I have such a, a soft spot for Michael Keaton as Batman that mm. I you know he's my favorite Batman no question. Right. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've got a memory of Ghostbusters when oh, that yeah. first came out. And um a, an auntie of mine took it took me and she was like my cool auntie, you know. Um I always remember she had like the worst road rage ever. She'd be like, and I'd be like, "This is brilliant! I used to love it," you know. But um, we were part, we were passing the the cinema movie theater, as you would call it, and there's a big queue of people outside waiting to go in. Um, and we're in the car, and she rolled down the window, and she shouted out, "Who are you gonna call?" And everybody went, "Ghostbusters!" Oh my God. And she went around the block, and she did it about three oh times. God. And every time, I was just thinking, "This is the coolest thing in the world." Yeah, so I remember that. My yeah. uncle Jay, who passed away a couple uh, about a month ago, he took me to see Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but he he didn't realize that the name was Ferris Bueller. He thought it was Phoebe Bunghole. So then he said, he, <laughs> "And he took you to he, see that." He said, he said "Come Jesus. on, come on, Jeff. We're taking you to see Phoebe Bunghole." And then he started calling me Phoebe Bunghole. I see. He and thought then, you I he was like taking you to a smut film. No, 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 no. He knew it wasn't a smut <laughs> film. He just forgot that it, he was playing. He was fooling around with the name, and he just called it Phoebe Bunghole. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he called me Phoebe Bunghole for quite a long time. So mm-hmm. good old Jay. I'll never forget. Nice. He he took me to see Matthew Broderick in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. yeah. I think my yeah. first movie that or I don't know if it was exactly the first movie, but the the one that really stands out early on was Jurassic Park when that came out. How fucking old are you? You're like what are you thirteen? <laughs> I was I was eight years old when Jurassic Park came out, old man. <laughs> wow, Jeez. you were like in your twenty early twenties, wow. dude. You were born in what? What year were you born? Eighty four. All right, so I was eleven years older than you. Relax. <laughs> oh, you're the same that, age as my so- uncle. All right, congratulations, your uncle. That old congratulations. Yeah. All right, go ahead. So you, you, you first movie was Jurassic Park, okay? And then there were yeah, boxes. it was great. No, it was awesome. I, lo- I loved it, and uh, it was at the. Uh, there's a big base, a military base, and they have a theater on the base. And a friend of mine from school who lived in the same apartment complex as me. Uh, his dad got bought tickets, and they brought me in. It was actually the first time I also went to a movie without my parents, and so it was just kind of like a big deal all around. I think I, th- I really think it was one of the first movies I've ever gone to it at the theater, but it was it was great. It was awesome. It was a great experience, and I, I really love that movie. And even still watching it, I feel like I watched it in the last five years, and I'm still just like blown away at how good it is. Yeah, it is good. Oh yeah. <laughs> my dad took me to my first R-rated movie, which was Beverly Hills Cop. Oh yeah. And <laughs> it was It was he. My dad used to like car crashes, and he'd laugh. And in the first like five minutes of the movie, it's all car crashes, and he was laughing so hard I thought he was having a heart attack. Like 
he literally was I was like, Dad, are you okay? And he's just la he was just having like this he was paralyzed with laughter. Wow. And then all of a sudden we're sitting there and then there the Axel Foley takes the two cops to the strip joint and there's like that Prince song and the, there's nudity and I'm just like this is so weird. I'm with the, my dad watching his fucking these titties out, and it was fun. that was weird. That part was weird. That's funny, but that was an awesome yeah. movie. I must have seen that movie a hundred times. I I had an awkward yeah. situation like that one time. I went to uh, a drive-in theater, but it was like a four-screen theater, and the uh, concession stand was at the top of like this hill because everything was like on a hill, and all the screens are in different quadrants, like different cardinal directions. Um, going down from that hill and we were there to see like the lion king or something <laughs> i was like 10 or 11 years old and the screen right next door or or maybe opposing to it was playing bordello of blood which is um was it robert rodriguez directed that movie and it's got george clooney and What's his fucking name? The weird director guy, Quentin Tarantino. Was it? Wasn't? Was, isn't that like? It's in vampires like, and stuff, and they go to like they're in the middle of like the Mexican desert, and they come across this bordello, and there's all just fat titties everywhere, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm pretending to like <laughs> look at the candy, and I'm totally watching oh, yeah. the movie, of course. I'm like, oh my <laughs> yeah, god, of course. Uh, yeah. That was good pretty old, funny. Good old titties. <laughs> 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 I'm with they that. never let you down. That's they never a let show. You down. <laughs> Especially when you're 10. Yeah. Right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we shall speak to you again next week. Bye for now. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.